Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the 505 Podcast. Today we welcome Alex Romo. Alex is a very talented travel filmmaker who has not only traveled to what seems like most of the world, but he has also produced work for some of the biggest brands such as Red Bull, Movement, Google, Panasonic, GoPro, just to name a few. If you want to learn how to travel with a camera for a living, this is the episode for you. Everyone, please welcome Alex Romo. Oh shit, oh shit. He's in the building. Oh man, what an intro. Welcome, wow. dude. Let's go. Let's go. What up, well, boys? Well, we got to start you off strong because that's how we start off the 505 pod with a one-handed crack. So you've already been briefed on the rules. You know what to do. Let's see what you got in you. No it doesn't matter which hand. No doesn't matter which hand. hand. Whichever you're right. more dominant with. Okay. okay. Oh, we did a slide. Power transfer. Oh, you, you did it. Oh. You get, you, this is the first zero we're going to give out on the, <laughs> on the show. You use the table for support. Oh, I had to lift it up? Yeah. Zero. Wait, let's put in like a funny cut and I'm going to get uh, another one. Yeah, <laughs> I did not know I had to lift it up. I thought I killed that shit. I thought I killed that for the record. There lift. it is. Yep. Up. Yep. You right. got it. And now right. we welcome Ready? Alex Romo. Set. Go. Spin it around for us. Oh, oh shit, dude. Oh, that's okay. That's really good. That one's good. That's, that's that was a... good. We're going to lob out an 8-2. Wow. Is that because of the that zero? Might be your... No, no, no. That, that, was the, that was an 8-2. That was an 8-2. That was an incredible crack. But that friend. was a great crack. And I think, you know, you showed us what you're made of. You really redeemed yourself from that first one. I... I'm surprised you weren't more ruthless. It's almost like a dunk contest. Like, it's mm-hmm. not as impressive when you... they do a good dunk after I they miss the first one. I haven't time. seen a crack that good since that Kim Kardashian photo. Oh, hey <laughs> Chase, what is in your drink, Dude, bro? I'm drinking that, bro. This one does taste better, though. Mm. That one does yeah, taste better? Strawberry taste versus yeah. orange. Uh, speaking of drinking, um, are you recovered from Vegas? <laughs> Great segue. You like that? Yeah, that was awesome. Um, yeah, that was huge shout out to you, getting us backstage with Loud Luxury. Um, the, I don't think you actually knew that. I was in Vegas like two days before that. I think you told me. Uh, I, but yeah, maybe, maybe if, I was a little were dry. you visiting your girlfriend? Yeah, I literally okay. was. I went on Tuesday, Wednesday, flew back Thursday, got a text saying 24 hour Vegas trip Friday. No and way. then I was like literally on the plane ride back. And I was like, am I really about to do this? I actually rode up and like this time I didn't fly, rode up in a car, met up with you at like two o'clock yeah. at Tau, yeah. and then literally just it's had us a time. ran it flew, back. Yeah. And then, then I flew right back, back that next day. Alex, Alex had a great time. <laughs> I heard you were crushing the food behind the behind the stage. Yeah, and obviously a lot of the drinks too. Yeah. It was so funny. So they always order a bunch of food for the day parties, like you know, chicken tenders and and quesadillas and fruit, whatever it may be. And Tao's actually a little bit like fancier food because it's attached to a restaurant, and nobody ever eats the food. And Alex comes in, he's feeling himself a little bit, and he's like, "Yo." Kosis, what's up with the food? I go, bro, go for it. And then it, Georgia was like, yo, can Alex eat that? And I was like, yeah, dude, nobody eats it. And he's just like fucking I, I was going munching. to town. It's game season. Yeah. I love it, was, it was literally that stuff was, I felt, I felt like it was just an all-you-can-eat buffet. 100%. And I literally was just like, I'm going to eat this. Party for one. Yeah. Party for one. Yeah. And I just kept going back. I, just, I even sat down for a little bit, took a little bit of food. Yeah, that was awesome. Thank you for that. that of was, course. I want to take it back to the beginning, but because we brought up your girlfriend, I kind of wanted to just get right into it because oh, it's man. a pretty crazy story. <laughs> you met your girlfriend 
off of TikTok. Oh, what? <laughs> which is crazy. Let's can go. you share that story? Because this is like amazing. Yeah, so I definitely think TikTok can be the new Tinder, mm. Bumble, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, so actually it goes back to even further from my buddy Sam. I basically, we had a conversation. We are traveling, doing all the whole bit. And he was like, oh, like, you're single. Like, is, are you talking to anybody and all this stuff? And I was like, dude, like, I'm really just trying to like, I was trying to grind at that time. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, like, girls, fun, cool. Like, I'll talk to them and stuff like that. But I was like, I'm trying to like work, like, and try to get this going and all that. And then he made a running joke called like, Alex Romo is single. Uh-huh. And it became like wildfire. Like, I'm not <laughs> even joking. Like, I would hop in calls with clients and they would know me from no that. No way. Like, literally, they're like, oh, this is Alex Romo is single. And then like, <laughs> oh my God. literally, and then, and then I made like a TikTok, started throwing up stuff on there. And then I would post like some videos and like, I got a big reaction from like a lot of girls and stuff. And um, nice. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was cool. Uh, <laughs> but one in particular, um, my girlfriend commented on one of them and she was like, and I didn't even see it. Like I was like mm-hmm. literally with my boy and one of my best friends like would go through all my comments on TikTok. <laughs> just like, you know, just scoping for me, like just, just uh, seeing. Hired and an then, intern just to go through <laughs> yeah, his like yeah. Instagram DMs and TikTok comments. Yeah, and he was like, he was like, oh, like, and she, I think she commented, she said like, I would be your friend, but you have like enough friends. And oh, then I was like, ooh. he saw it and he was like, dude, you should respond. And then I said, I would drop them all for you. Nice. Just oh, great. The kid is yeah. Smooth yeah. Great and, then, and then my buddy commented back. He was like, bro, like what? And then he was like, you can have them. Like, and then she was like, oh, like started shooting a shot. I DM'd her. Long story short, she was actually in Miami. I was in LA and she flew all the way to come meet me. <gasps> what? And it actually ended up being, um, First date, I took her snowboarding and taught her how to snoboard oh, in, in Big Bear. And then the next day was my film premiere for Canon oh, with Sam in Norway. Flex, so I felt like a really big hotshot yeah. at that time. So it was this this whole thing, and uh, yeah, I got I got really lucky with that one. Showing her the LA life. It's yeah, so, so yeah, it was incredible. it was pretty wild. Now now we're dating. And How long have you been dating? Uh, four months. Now. There it is. Yeah, Let's go. Awesome, Let's shout go. Out, shout out to Michi. I love you, babe. Ooh, there it is. There love it you is. after four months. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. She's she's a dime. She's Hell a, yeah, dude. Good amazing shit. Girl. Amazing. Girl. Yeah, I got to meet her. She was super super cool. That's sick. Yeah, um, in Vegas, which is <laughs> yeah. awesome. Let's take it back to kind of like the start. You grew up in San Diego. Right. And yeah. you went to USC for college. Yep. You're telling us that you're actually the first of your family to graduate college. Wow, that's sick. Like, yeah. first of all, congratulations. That's an Thank amazing <laughs> accomplishment. What was that like? Like your family's reaction? How yeah. did you feel about it? If you can kind of go into depth about that. Yeah. Um, I always, ever since I was like five years old, I always wanted to go to USC. Like I, okay. my family grew up like Trojan fans, like literally when we would watch the games, do all that bit. Um, and then I remember I was like, I got to get good grades. I got super good grades in high school. I think I had like a 4.5 GPA or something wow. like crazy shit. like that. Big like, AP guy. Yeah. Oh, AP didn't even classes know and great. all that stuff. Didn't even know it went up that high. <laughs> not <laughs> yeah. for our classes. Yeah, not. <laughs> <laughs> not the ones we were in. Um, yeah, what, what's so, AP stand yeah. for? I don't even know. So that tells you as much as I know. Um, but yeah, I basically wanted to go there, had it set out my whole entire life. And then, um, Got that note in the mail, made it in, got scholarships, financial aid, the whole bit, um, got in and I felt like this huge responsibility because like I knew how many like hands went into all of that. Mm-hmm. Like I even had like teachers like 
I think it was like my AP calculus class. Like it didn't work with my schedule. And like my teachers knew how important it was for me to like have the hardest classes so I could get high grades. And I would go into like, I would be scheduled for somebody else's class and the teacher would record like their, their lessons. And I would watch them on YouTube. No and like way. I taught myself like AP calc through like that, just the teacher with there. And then oh I would just take God. the test. I was like in a class of one, like it was crazy That's stuff crazy. like that. Wow. And then, uh, but I knew that like all that stuff, like it was like multiple people's hands that came mm, into right. like, me going there like so I felt like an enormous pressure to just like work as hard as I could and like I was like working like I think my senior year I worked like four jobs and like I think it was just like crazy like what were those jobs uh my senior year I was shooting video for the football team by that time I kind of got into film and Mm. stuff I think my sophomore year I did the whole GoPro thing Mm, or buy the GoPro jump off cliffs Mm, adventure um and I was doing video for the football team um I was working for NBC Universal um, an inter- a video internship with them. And then I was working for Red Bull, um, doing like a marketing internship. They, it was like a student brand manager marketing mm. thing that they, I had an internship over the summer. They kept me on with that. And then I was working like a work study job to help with like just extra finances and like, <sighs> and I was still bro. trying to get good grades and all that stuff. It was, like, it was a grind. How did like, you balance all of that? And do you think that that work ethic that you had in high school did that carry over to the stuff that you're doing now as a professional yeah i would say that that i could just attest all like hard work and all that stuff i mean my brother taught me when i was younger that like if you want to do anything like just work hard at it Mm -hmm. and you can do anything in this entire world and like i carried that with me and it was just like i knew how many people like invested in me that i was like if i'm gonna take all these sleepless nights like i was still like studying and doing all that stuff Mm -hmm. and like I was like, I have to work so hard just to make sure that like their effort didn't go to waste. Um, And I feel like now, like I look back at when like I was like literally like skateboarding from class to class. I was eating on the like on the way to class. I would have five minutes. I would be like driving to Universal and then doing Red Bull activations on campus, like doing all this stuff. And And then now like I'm like, oh, like I can yeah. I have like a second to breathe. I need to work. Like, right. <laughs> like I need to, I need to keep that going. And, um, yeah, I was very lucky to be surrounded by good people that believed in me. So, but you didn't go to USC for film, right? No, I actually went for business. Mm. Like I went business marketing. I didn't even, I never thought that I would be t- even touching a camera. Like it's crazy. So after high school, you thought that it was kind of like over at that point or you were still very passionate about it. And you're like, I'll just go into business. I didn't, I didn't pick up a camera until sophomore year of college. Like oh, that, that, okay. my, and my, my brother, I actually didn't like even think about it because my brother is a professional photographer mm-hmm. and he's been doing it since he was 13. And so he, talented, by yeah, the way. insane. Like, like she was like Lady Gaga, it. like oh, all that's this awesome. crazy stuff. And I saw that he was doing that and I was like more of like, he was like the kind of like creative artist in the family mm-hmm. and I was more like sports mm-hmm. and business and it was just like, I never thought that. And then um, we ended up getting super close like, like sophomore year and I started picking up a camera and then I started working on stuff and he's always been more photo and now Mm. I've been video and then like being able to like bounce ideas off each other or like go and create stuff that like Mm. was so fun and we became closer and yeah that's when I finally like was like oh film's cool I started taking film classes I started taking editing classes and I was like oh wow like you can really evoke emotion and Mm. yeah and then I started just like focusing on like my purpose and I wanted to like just really make a difference and I thought video was a cool platform to like really connect with people and like get them to feel different things, get them to get out of bed and do something with their life or get Mm. them to like resonate with a message that you're trying to send. So being the first um, of your family to go to college, right. And like obviously working your ass off to get there. Was it a big leap of faith to say, 
I'm not going to get a job at like a marketing agency and take the 70k a year and like I'm going to fucking invest myself and try to make videos for a living was that like a big jump actually it's it's crazy because I feel like I hear so many of those stories of like I just went for it Mm -hmm. but like I've always been like super strategic in everything I do like I love risk like don't Mm -hmm. get me wrong but like I like taking calculator risks. So like I think about like when I graduated, um, I actually took like a kind of nine to five job and I was working at um, NBC Universal. Mm -hmm. I was in like a graduate program and stuff. Um, But like that whole time I told myself, I was like, if I'm going to take this stability, I'm going to work my butt off while I'm at this job. Like, and I was like, I think for the two years I worked with them, I would like work from like 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. for Universal. I would get home by nine because of traffic. And then I would like work out with my brother from nine to 11. And then I would edit videos from 11 to three in the morning. Jesus. And I was doing stuff with like Iconic, if you guys know Iconic yeah. and all that. And like I was like, that was all on the side. And I was just grinding. And I would sleep like three or four hours a night. And I did that for two years. And like, it like literally finally met up to a point where it was like, okay, I can take this leap of mm-hmm. faith. I can mm-hmm. believe in myself and I can go for it this time. We call that 11 to 3 a.m. time slot sketch boy hours. And you were getting real <laughs> yeah, sketchy. You're, you're getting with, yeah, super yeah, sketch yeah. with Good those. for you. The <laughs> yeah, it was, it was just me and my computer. Those yeah. <laughs> the sketches again. But you yeah. still get sketchy these days. I see you posting on your story. You're like 4 or 5 a.m. Like oh, just finishing edit. It, it was funny. I actually got my, um, it was a year anniversary since our film for... We did like a film for Mount Whitney, a documentary and stuff. Mm. That was the worst sleep I've ever gotten in my entire life. I edited, I think it was like 60 hours out of 72 total, like oh over the, that time span. And like, wow. yeah. And it was just like, I was going to sleep at 1030, waking up like an hour and a half later and grinding because our film was like premiering like with the festival. <laughs> like, and it was like this whole thing. And that was like, yeah, that was when I learned, I was like, sleep's important. Like, yeah, I, I need dude. to sleep. I need to sleep. Mm-hmm. And if, I love sleeping. Don't get me wrong. It's just sometimes. Can't sleep when you can, right? Yeah. If I don't sleep, I feel like the entire world is yeah. ending. You should my see, life is collapsing. You should see Kostas after like a four or five or like eight day run with Loud Luxury. It is so funny. You've never <laughs> seen anyone more zombie. Like, he literally walks in. He's just like. It's so fun. And he's like, just go to bed, dude. Just go to bed. Yeah, <laughs> like, dude, I'll catch you guys like at 10 p.m. Once I wake up from my yeah. eight hour nap. So. I, I feel like, I I mean, do you also feel like it's like you get so productive during those late hours? Like, I feel like you hate it. I love it. I love it. I get really great of it. I'm up here at like 3, 4 a.m. almost every night. I I was literally up till 4 a.m. last night editing. Like, Mm -hmm. and it's like a passion project. And I'm like, I feel so good. It's so peaceful. No one's up. You can literally go on the balcony and just sit there. Nothing. No one's awake. And it's just like the most calming. Just you in the lab. I also like, I'm a little psychotic about this. Cause like when we were in high school, I remember there was this coach and be like, go train while your opponents are sleeping. So all I think about when I'm doing <laughs> that, I swear to God, dude, I'm, when I'm thinking. up, I'm like, you guys are all asleep. I'm working. I swear I'm, to I'm God. Passing you. Let's yeah. go. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Come See, on. I feel that. Yeah, no, I feel I, that. It's like something about it. Like just being up and doing it. I'm like, I love this. It, I don't it, know. I, my, my biggest inspiration was Kobe Bryant. And like, oh, that's probably, go. that's why I always think like, I'm like, I can be fine on four mm. hours of sleep and like, I'm going to catch up to whoever I need to. I'm going to pass whoever I need to. And I don't know. I just think it's like you have to have that like grind mentality. Mm-hmm. But I also have more. It's all balance, right? Totally. Like right. You, need, you yeah. do need you sleep. You got to have sleep. Yeah. I need it too. I think for me, I just I love the early mornings. Like I really like waking up like 7, 730 and like enjoying That's, a mm, cup of coffee. Mm, yeah. And I feel like if I stay up to like 4 or 5 p.m., my whole next day is just fucked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just like my thought process. Mm. Like I like getting work done during the day. Once that sun goes down, I'm like checked out. Like gotcha. let me watch some YouTube or Netflix or something. Yeah, I'm like weird. I'm like 
eight to like noon, I'm real fucking productive. And then I take like a weird four hour break where I like work out, eat lunch, just enjoy the day. And then yeah. I like to, I can work like my best ideas definitely come from like 8 PM to like 1130 mm. PM. That's when I get like my best shit done. But like that middle of the day, it's nice. I just kind of like hang out. I don't know. Everyone's fucking different, huh? No, I agree with that. Cause like even like I have so many friends and like, this is also like a weird way that we collaborate and work is like me and my buddy, Sam, like he's a morning guy. So he'll like, we'll grind on an edit together and oh, like he'll nice. work from like 10 a.m to like 10 p.m and then he's like i'm gonna pass it over to you and <laughs> I, i'm jumping in at, at 10 o'clock and then i'm working till like six oh my yeah. and then he's and then he's then he like he's like just send me the the version you have and then i'll keep going and then like it's like a kind of a bad cycle like i think we should fix that yeah um you but like bone, but yeah but it's yeah. like we we've like found ways to make it work for like both of us and be collaborative and just gets smart. Like, yeah. Just it's, it's almost like having a clone. I've always <laughs> yeah. thought like, man, if there was oh, just another dude. one of me oh, that I could like pass off some work, you know, it would just be so much better. <laughs> so you guys, you guys have to sit yeah. you're like, I'm working 18 hours a day. <laughs> yeah, right, right, that's right. how we're trying to pump out some <laughs> yeah, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it goes. That's incredible. I do want to get into your work stuff with Sam, but you mentioned your documentary with the Mount Whitney thing. Can you touch on that and tell us a little bit about it? Yeah. So, um, it was a really cool opportunity where, um, if you guys know Vincero watches, um, they basically came to us with this opportunity of like telling this story and, um, our friend Jack ended up submitting for it and winning this contest. And Jack is a recovering quadriplegic. Mm -hmm. So basically he got into a jujitsu accident, got paralyzed from the neck down and was told he could never walk again. Um, but before that accident happened, he was actually going to summit Mount Whitney and basically got paralyzed, told you're never walking again. Um, and through physical therapy surgery, he was able to like recover. And his goal when he finished that was like, I'm going to climb Mount Whitney. And we documented the whole thing. And we had, um, it was a crazy, we did, we ended up doing like not the traditional route, which is Mm -hmm. like, I think like a 14 mile round trip. We did a 40 and like that with like all our gear, like, there's so many stories that go into that, like encountering bears in the middle of the mm. night, like literally just like getting lost. We ran out of water on the way back down. Like, oh my God, it was crazy. But like, and he literally like limps, like all wow. he limped his way all the way up there. And then when we got to the top, everybody knew our story by that point. Like mm. the word on the mountain, like got through and like we told like one person and then they like were spreading it. And like everybody, when we got to the top, everybody was like stand still quiet because they wanted him to have this moment and we document the whole thing and it's crazy and then they like give him the sign and he calls his mom and then on top of that um we actually met uh mary who is a reporter for the la times and then we ended up on the front page of the la times from that literally because right place right time she loved the story talked with us the whole time um, they did a whole article on us and then then we had a film premiere for it and we had like 400 people sold out uh, we had it like the La, La, Paloma, La Paloma in San Diego mm. um, and yeah it was just super cool and that's where I lost all that sleep and yeah <laughs> and we, we made a movie but Worth it was it. yeah that's it was, it was wow. so cool like that's especially so cool. it's an insane story yeah I'm just like at least for me like my main thing is like I want to make a difference I want to tell good stories I want to inspire people and like the amount of people that after like I was sitting at the back like watching everybody's reaction and stuff and I'm just like all these people are crying and like mm. feel so inspired and I'm like that's cool that like we put in that work and that effort and it led to something like mm-hmm. this where people feel like they have hope 
And I think that that's at the end of the day, that's what I want to do. Like I want to instill hope and help people like that. When did um, you realize that? Right. Cause you're going to school for business. It's like com- obviously complete left field compared to what you're yeah. doing right now. So like what, when were you sitting there, you're making videos and whatnot. When did it hit you where you were like, I'm very passionate about telling stories with this thing. Yeah, it was, um, 2020 COVID when I lost my job. This was when I was working at NBC Universal and doing like the film stuff on the side. Mm. Um, got the call that I was losing my job because like basically like mm. they were wiping it across the board, losing a lot of money, like a lot of companies were. Mm. Um, and then I remember it was like, I had written on my calendar, like this is the first day because I was actually starting like a diet that day, <laughs> like and like like my buddy's workout plan and all that stuff. And then I like found out I was losing my job and then I was like, damn, it's really like a first day. Yeah. Like, and I went into my brother's room and I was like, I just lost my job. And then he was like, oh, like, how do you feel? And I was like, I think this is going to be the most important day of my life. And Hmm. in that moment, um, I knew like I'm a big man of like faith and just like, you know, like uncertainty is scary, but like you have to embrace it. You have to be positive and no matter what life gives you, you can handle it. And what I did was like, I literally started reading this book. It's called The Richest Man Who Ever Lived. Um, And it kind of gives you like different like you read through it and it gives you different tasks that you can do and like just like kind of like self-help book and Mm -hmm. stuff like that um and one of the ones is like it makes you figure out like what you want to do in life what's the most important thing to you is it your purpose is it money and it's no no judgment whatever you want and it's basically like okay like figure out what that is and mine was like my purpose so i'm like okay what's my purpose i was like i want to make a difference and i was like how do you want to do that and you have to break it down to the most minuscule task because like incremental progress over time equals mm-hmm. success mm-hmm. so it's like break that down so i was like i want to i want to make people feel something i want and like how are you going to do that um well i'm pretty good at video like i'm going to do it through films i want to do it through storytelling i'm going to do and like i broke it down all the way where i was like i need to make a video every single week like no matter and it's, it's not to like videos on me it's like stuff that people care about whether it's like social movements whether it's like a cultural thing mm-hmm. that's happening like anything like that i was like i want to make videos they're going to make people react to it. And I was like, I set a goal and I was like, you know, I think likes sometimes are superficial and like comments are a little bit better. But like, I was like, if somebody like shares something like to your friend or on their story, that means like they resonated with it enough to feel that. So then um, I said, all right, I'm going to make, hopefully I'm going to get a uh, hundred shares on this video. And this is when I was like still barely starting. And I was like a hundred shares and 10,000 views. And within two days, I made a video that got like 700 shares, 50,000 views. And I was like, oh, wow. And then literally I kept reading the book and then it's like, oh, find mentors, like people that. And one of the ones I wrote was like, I wrote about like Rory Kramer and I wrote about like Sam Newton, just people that like I looked up to. Literally two days later, I'm on the phone with Sam. That's like, crazy. He, like, yeah, I tagged him and I tagged him and Rory in a story. Two days later, I'm on the phone with Sam. We're working on a project. We make this one video. He literally is like, has an idea. He's like, you make it like, make it however you want. I made, uh, I don't know if you guys ever saw it. It's like influencer bundle. Um, yes. Is it? Yeah. I saw it. That's yeah. Funny. You made <laughs> oh, that, that video. Yeah, so so funny. I, yeah. I edited okay. that. Um, Very cool. yeah. And that we, we do funny, that. Dude. It goes viral. Yeah. And then like, we, he's like, Oh, sh- like this is kind of sick. Like mm. he's like, you're really good at this. We become best friends. Mm. Literally a day after that, I get a text from like some video buddies I haven't talked to in two years. They're like, yeah, well, I saw your, your video with Sam. Like that shit was so funny. Like come to a barbecue in LA. And like, I was literally only going to LA cause I had like a fire inspection that day. And then I go and who's freaking there? Rory's there. Oh, and I literally am like talking to Rory about like life. And we both worked with like iconic and all this stuff. And I was just like, in a matter of four days, like my life just turned around so fast because like I stayed positive. I had faith and like, I was just like, 
focus on what you can do like every single day to get a little bit better. And it was just like, boom, boom, boom. And then now I'm just like, I just think you can do anything. I'm just like, sky's the limit with all that stuff. That's amazing. That's awesome. The whole thing that people forget is that like, if you just like invest in being generous, like Mm -hmm. that generosity comes around and it's like, people don't think that sometimes they're like, I need to take, take, take. Mm -hmm. And it's like, just give, give and life will give back to you and take care of you. I believed in that. And that's how I got on all this stuff, and that's how I've been doing it full time for that's like a sick. year now. So. That's insane. What was the time frame of you becoming friends with Sam? What was like? Do you remember? We became friends right. I think I lost my job. I think it was like September 2020. Sam, I was doing putting out some videos, just like little personal, like like just for fun stuff. Mm-hmm. And then he, we, start, I think it was like a month later. Like it was like literally November. And then I remember we did the influencer bundle. That next weekend, he was like, yo, you're from San Diego. I'm from San Diego. Why don't you come over? Gave me like a free watch for like helping him out. And he was like, I met all his friends. All his friends loved me. And they were like, dude, like you want, we're going to go backpacking in Mammoth. You want to go? I went on my first backpacking trip (laughs) with them. And then like, we just became like inseparable from that moment. It was like that. Then it was like music videos. Then it was like just traveling everywhere. And it was, it was so cool. Cause it was at the end of the day, like I remember um when i made that first video i remember him telling me like oh like you know you when you collaborate with somebody like nobody really knows who did what or whatever and i remember like my parents being like oh like who's sam and i was like oh he's like this guy from the internet that i look up to they're like oh like just make sure like he gives you credit and stuff like that i was like yeah he's gonna do that i remember he like posted like seven times on his story that like i made the (laughs) video and he was like if you're not following alex from by this point like you're an idiot like follow this kid like and just like giving me like full credit for everything and i was just like wow, like that's really cool that's that like sick. he's that's he's dope. like sharing like the glory of the, how this video is doing. And I was like, I like this guy. Like I can I can put up with this guy. And now we're just best friends and just <laughs> traveling. That's amazing. Hell yeah, yeah we're just goofballs. So you talked about how much stuff you were making for fun, just like, yeah, just because you were passionate about it. And we always tell kids like, go out and make spec work, like make the kind of work you want to get hired for. Yeah. How important was making those videos when you were first starting out the spec pieces for your career? I think honestly, I've gotten all the jobs, like the highest paying jobs I've gotten from is been jobs that I've is. made for fun. Every there time. There it is. Every, Every time. time. Dude. Every like, fucking I, time. I think the video I made, I remember this, Sam saw my, I made a Michael Jordan video because um, the last dance was coming mm. out and I made like this super sick edit. That's the one he saw that led to all this. I remember I made, I did a music video for Google, which is like big budget, whole thing. I I remember when I was in, I was in Yosemite filming something and I remember my brother texted me and he was like, oh, like we just landed a job with Google. And then I was like, oh, that's kind of sick. And then he was like, he's like, yeah, you're going to do the video. Um, Here's the brief they sent. I look at the link and they're like, this is the inspo for it. The inspo was I made a, an avocado video, like literally a video about like how avocados like are like representative of so much stuff, mm. like having like a rough like exterior, yeah. soft interior, this whole thing. It was literally just like this funny like yeah. thing. Um, and that was the inspo for the video. Wow, Did they know crazy. you made the video? Yeah, they knew I made the video. Oh, like, they knew you made it. Yeah, so they were like, they saw that video oh. and they were like, this is this avocado video is the inspo for the music video. We want them to do it. And I was like, and I, t- I remember telling, I was with Sam shooting in Yosemite. And I was like, dude, they just sent my avocado. He's like, are you freaking kidding me? Like you just landed this big ass job with Google and you just, because of an avocado dude, video. That's and I was so like, sick. That's incredible. Yeah, I, 
Surprised Braden. Coast doesn't have a story like that. No, no Braden does. World. No, yeah, they, oh, they, right. li- yeah, they literally sent us this video that we did for Doodles for the NFT company or whatever. Yeah, this guy's like talking to us about NFTs and he's like talking to me at pricing. I go, "There's no way that that's gonna work." And then he sent me this. This is the inspiration. I go, "That's crazy," because I did the video that you just sent me. Right. And he was like, <laughs> "This video that I sent you, that is my video. That is me and my boy's video." And he's like. Yeah, I'm super sorry about this like whole yeah. situation. I'm like really sorry about that. I was like, it's okay. It's fine. I got to know who I was talking yeah, to. Yeah, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Oh. Like, We'd love to work with you in the future. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's just crazy because so many people think that like you have to go out and be landing these jobs mm. so fast. And it's like, I think that the stuff that people remember is like the stuff you're making for fun. Mm. Like that's why you started. That's why you picked up the camera. That's why you started editing. That's why you started learning is like for fun. Like okay. even right now, I said, I, I was up till four in the morning. That's like literally a passion project mm. that's going to help mm. so many people. Like if they feel lost or anything and like that's going to help me get more jobs because mm. people like want to hire people. Like they're not just hiring videographers now. They want, they care about how you make them feel like. Mm. There's that saying, like, if you make a cool video or you do anything like that, people will always, like, forget it. But, like, people will never forget how you made them feel. Mm. And it's, like, that's so important. And that's what I carry with me, too. I think that that's, like, my whole career is just, like, being a good person and hopefully helping people and making them feel better than how I came in. Um, And I think if you focus on that, then you, if you want more work, that's going to come. If you want more friends, more creatives around you, that's going to come. Just, like, lead with love, be a good person. And totally. Yeah. Work like, hard. Be good to work with it too. We talked about that a lot. I've gotten jobs where they're like, yeah, this guy like had a lot more experience than you, but we just like liked hanging out with you more. So yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. be like nice. Like don't be a diva on set. Mm-hmm. Like that goes a long way, like longer yeah. than people realize, you know, yeah. it makes so much sense that you said that. Cause like every piece that I've seen of yours, you evoke so much emotion mm-hmm. and you're so good at bringing that emotion through yeah. in the edits. Like, it, it makes so much sense because that can be that. that can be cheesy when it's forced, yeah. but you yeah. do a really good job of it. Feels genuine. Yeah, and that that's the thing. I feel like um, I always want to just be real, and like mm-hmm. I feel like in today's world, like there's so much content that's just like trying people trying to make themselves look cool, and like mm-hmm. I feel like once you like open up about like your struggles or like what you're going through, like that also helps you make like authentic content. If you're just like right. literally being yourself and like talking about how you feel it's coming from a real place. So it's like coming across as real. And like, that's just what I've always wanted to focus on is just like connecting with people on like a real level. And I think that that's why like, like someone like, like my girlfriend trusted me enough to come out here like that. I've had, I've taken TikTok followers on like trips with me because I want to share that mm. travel experience with them. And I also think it's crazy when they fly across the country to LA to meet me, to mm. go on a trip with me. Like, and I'm like, it's because I'm like trying to be a genuine real person right. and they can trust me. And like, I just want to keep building that and keep building like a community of people that like care. Hell yeah. yeah. How do you think you build community? I think it starts with like putting in the time. Like I think it's like a lot of times like people think that they want to get to some place and they don't know how to. But like what I do is like I answer every single DM that I get. Let's go. Like I, I, I go, I hop on calls. I give people my number. Mm. Like, I don't know if I should do that, but, um, I literally like hop on calls with people like around the world. It was funny. Even like, um, the other day I hopped on a call with this, my buddy who's like, I'm now friends with his name is Tyler, Tyler Bishop. If you guys know him, I'm uh, sure I do. yeah, he's a creative is like, just like doing his own thing now doing freelance. I hopped on a call with him like two years ago just like gave him advice and all this stuff. And then I hopped in another call with him last week, just like catching up and all that stuff. And then I ended up meeting him when he came over to help us like move and stuff. Oh, cool. And it's like, and like it became full circle and Mm. like he ended up being this genuine human being. And like, I'm just like, that's so cool when you can like put it into like an actual Mm. setting. Like when we made, when we had the Norway premiere, we had this whole film premiere and like 
all these people came from all around LA and all this stuff. And like, we didn't know how many people became friends. There's so many people that are like my friends and I'm like, how'd you guys meet? And they're like, we met at the film premiere and we're like, that's cool. That's wild. Like we literally like, just like, you know, put so much effort and love into that. And then it formed all these real bonds. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's how it starts. Starts like a grassroots, grassroots Mm -hmm. movement. And then like, just like every interaction that you get, like just being present. Like right now, the only thing that matters is like, talking to you guys being on this podcast mm. everything else i can worry about that later mm. like just be present and people can feel that so mm. that's hard to do sometimes yeah it's, it's hard to yeah. be present mm-hmm. yeah especially with we're all balancing so many different things it's really easy especially if like you have something that happened that day you get a text whatever and like it's really hard to get your mind off of like some other thing that's going on yeah but i think that's really good advice is like just trying to be as present as possible and like whatever else is going on in your life if you can just be present in this moment, like everything else will kind of work its, itself right. out. Yeah. I think it's just people, you never know what they're going through too. Yeah. Like yeah, I'm just yeah. like, I'm always like, I don't know what you're going through, how your day's going. And if I can like ease that, then like I, I should do that. Even mm-hmm. if my day is going a little hard, like yeah. if yours isn't, then mine isn't either. Like it's yeah. like that whole, like I am my brother's keeper. I am my mm-hmm. sister's keeper. Like somebody's having a hard day on the East coast. That's going to affect me. Cause like at the end of the day, we're all human. We're mm-hmm. all in this together. And, I mean, you've been there before too. Like you've needed help from strange, like a stranger said hi to you and said, you look nice today. Right. It's going to make you happy. Yeah. So You don't know who yeah. needs it. Yeah. yeah. I also think that what you were saying is like being authentic through your content. You never know who's going to relate to that as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. There's been plenty of times where like we've talked about something on this podcast and someone's like, I'm so glad you touched on that because I'm going through the same thing. And like, I thought I was kind of like alone in this situation, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, which I think is a beautiful thing. I think, dude, people got to do that more often. Like, I think, I think they're all tired of like Instagrams just soup being super polished. Everyone's super hot, like whatever, yeah. you know? And I think that's why TikTok has been so successful is because it's like you have you have people that are just doing their day, like people right. just doing their day. And it's there's nothing crazy, but it's like, this is what I do today. And it's like, there's like a human aspect of that. Like, oh, sick. You went to the fucking laundromat. Like cool right. like i do yeah. that too whatever right. you know what right. i'm saying they're just like he does laundry too yeah he does laundry too that's awesome man he's normal because we're just so tired of seeing just like the same shit over and over again and i think yeah. it's like finally coming full circle where it's like be- people are being more authentic mm-hmm. you know yeah i think with that like i when i was doing the whole tiktok stuff like my tiktok's really like travel based mm-hmm. and all that and i just didn't want to be one of those people that's just like look at where i'm traveling like this is so cool like i wanted to like i started seeing how many people like felt like they couldn't do that Mm. and that's why i was like i want to bring people on and like i want to take people with me on adventures and do all this stuff so that they can feel this sense of like community and that it's real Mm. and that it's attainable too like if i i'm just a normal kid from san diego and if i can do it like you can do it too Mm. and i remember the first time i literally brought some people and like they got to see me in action like film stuff with my friends and do like we were like camping and all this stuff but i'm creating content at the same time but also like balancing it so it feels like good to shoot but then also good to like live in the moment and i remember like i like i found out one of my like one of those people was like going through depression and this helped them so much and then the other person was like yeah i've like wanted to do this but i never knew how to and seeing you do it like it's really cool and like i can do that with my friends and being around people that are supportive like Mm. and i didn't realize that when i brought them like i literally just like threw up on tiktok like hey i'm gonna bring two people with me on this trip and then like i've made like a little google form of like just trying to figure out where people were from like who would be down like why should you come and i want to see if there were like genuine answers and like i had 700 people submit to that and wow. I was like, oh, wow, there's like, like people took the time to like fill out this thing. And I was like, okay, like this is, 
this can build into something, which I want to keep elevating it and going with it, working with brands on it and doing that stuff. But it's like, okay, cool. We have something here that can really make a difference and that's, create community. That's mm-hmm. amazing. How do you find that balance when you're traveling? We've talked about getting the shot versus living in the moment and yeah. how sometimes getting the shot is so much more worth it. Cause we're yeah. like, yo, I got a banger. Like, yeah, yeah. fuck it. <laughs> how do you find that balance of, like knowing when to pick up the camera or put it down, be in the present versus capturing a moment. I think it's with with me and like our group of friends that we have. We're always goofing around and joking. Like I don't feel like we're like the conventional like like when we did like Canon or Mount Whitney or anything mm-hmm. like that. It's like yeah, we're shooting and we're making this really beautiful thing, but we're goofing around the whole time, mm-hmm. and it just like feels. And that's the part where it's like I guess like finding the balance of like being goofballs, but also like making sure everybody gets their work done. And I feel like it's like when you surround yourself with like driven people, they're going to get it done. I mean, at the end of the day, like I'm just happy to be there and just happy to be with my friends. And yeah, so I, I try to figure out like, I'm like, okay, like, can I miss this one so I can like just enjoy it? And it's always, it's always hard. Like that's, I mean, I guess that's the easiest answer it's hard. You just kind of, if you really think it's a banger, get the shot. But like sometimes like, like I was just on a road trip to Big Sur and there was like so much like we were busting out like crazy content, like just content, content, content. And then it was sunset and we went to like this beautiful swing on the, on the beach. And it was like this iconic spot. And uh, I was just like, I'm good for today. Like I I can, like, I know what I have and I know I can make something with that. But like, this one's just going to be for me right now. Mm -hmm. I just want to, I just want to live in this right now. And that's okay. Going after that more specifically. So I make a lot of like the videos I make and like the videos that I started to get work from were like literally like hiking trips with my buddies and I would just like film it and shit. It's yeah. so, like the hiking videography is a whole new animal dude. Cause oh, like, okay, Jimmy Chin. No, 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 I'm not, I'm not Jimmy Chin, but I am saying, that's not what I'm getting at. That's not what I'm getting at. It's what I'm saying is that you fucking, you're getting the shot, right? You're getting the landscape and then your buddies are fucking down the path, oh, right? Oh man, yeah. So I, I like film and then I f- run, 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 catch up. Oh, yeah, guys, I'm doing, I don't know. Yeah, it's a pretty good shot. Yeah, I'm doing good. And then like they keep going and you do it for like 12 mile hike. It's exhausting, dude, because you're just like doing like interval training. You're doing, you're doing double. Yeah, you're doing double. You're filming and then you got to run and then you got to go back and then like I'll put the camera down, walk in front of it. And then, you know what I mean, dude? Yeah, so, I, that's it's exhausting. I, yeah, what I was telling you when I've had so many times like that when we were in Norway, we're scaling this like insane mountain like literally snowshoes on and like i'm carrying the c70 which is heavy like mm-hmm. and no hiking poles because i'm trying to shoot everything and i'm literally like i see everybody walking i'm like they're so far like <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm by myself right yeah. now like just like keep pushing like i can't get any shots anymore because they're super yes, far like, this happens to me too. Just, like i'm just like put this in my bag like i have like a drone in my backpack like <laughs> mount whitney i was like we when we summited that day i remember we started hiking at two in the morning in the pitch black mm. to get to the top um, mm. for sunrise. So we had like really cool shots. And I remember like, I literally made it a priority with uh, my buddies, Sam and Chase. I was like, yo, like if I, cause I had the, I had the A7S three. So like, of course I'm the low light guy mm. for that, that whole sequence. And I'm like, no, we're switching. Like we're rotating this stuff. Cause I was, I was literally hiking and I was like heaving. Like I was like, yeah, dude, dude, I'm dying right now. And like, I literally was switching cameras with them and that's how we kept rotating so that it was like fair but i i totally feel you on that it gets so hard sometimes good for you for going we can we should get into the north so i was i've been to lofoten i went there in the winter too which is the best time to go and beautiful place in the summer they get a million visitors a summer ever since what's the let it go movie frozen (laughs) Frozen. so frozen is based in that sing it a little bit in that area i don't know that song anyways um but apparently they never got oh it's so good (laughs) great movie it's like a little fisher town they never got any visitors 
Avengers, and then that movie comes out, and now they get a million a summer. And there's like there's like six cabins. Yeah. There's like six little red cabins along the way, and like, <laughs> but in the winter is that's when you should go because there's like no one there and it's sick. Anyways, yeah, that's when that's when I went. It was yeah, was beautiful. Stayed in the red cabin. Stayed in the red. You got you know the ones with the little postcard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably saying the same one I did. There's like four of them. <laughs> yeah, where, that's awesome. Where would you like to go next? Wait, hold on, hold on. Before oh, we get oh. into that, I want to like let's hear about this Norway trip. Yeah, oh, the video yeah. is insane. The video is oh, insane. Oh yeah, yeah. Tell yeah. me about Norway. Um, yeah, that was um that was with Canon. So that was me and my buddy Sam, Luke, and Julia. We set out, made a film on our friend Julia. Just insane story. Um, really talented photographer. Uh, but the whole time, like we're shooting and oh man, that looking back on it, it was it was pretty crazy. So basically, we went out to shoot the Northern Lights, mm. um, and then the whole COVID situation happened and like, it was like our flights were getting pushed back and all this stuff. So we actually were missing the Northern lights. So the whole project that we pitched and talked about, we had to scrape that. Oh my God. And then we finally get to Norway, uh, me and my buddy Sam. And then we're like, okay, we're here. Like we're going to make this film on our friend Luke. And then we were like, he's Luke's a crazy photographer, super talented too. Like Julia. Um, we're like, we're gonna make it on Luke. Then me and Sam get thrown into quarantine because mm. we were vaccinated and everything. And it's like all good. Don't have COVID. We test negative and all that stuff. But when we get there, like they don't accept the U.S. vaccine. So it's like we don't have a vaccine. Oh. And we were like, but we do. And they're like, what do you have? And we had the paper yeah. and they're like, it's not in our system. And we were just like, what? And they're like, you have to quarantine for five days. So then like basically like I got out early and Sam had to quarantine a little longer. But like I'm basically like. We're in this like a little sketchy hotel, like it looks like a hospital. And we're like literally just like in like we couldn't even stay in the same room. Like we were literally like in separate rooms, like the walls between us. And we're like, okay, we had seven days to shoot this. Now we have three. Fuck. Oh my God. It's one of our biggest projects. And like the whole time we're just like trying to stay positive. We're saying like, you know, you got to be adaptable. Mm. But in hindsight, like the cool thing was like that we were making a behind the scenes film and it was writing itself mm -hmm. because like we were getting quarantined. We missed mm. the Northern Lights. We're getting quarantined. Like everything's changing. We're remaining adapt. Like it was like so cool that that was easier to do. Um, but then I basically got out, had to start shooting A cam when I was going to start shooting B cam and just kind of supplement it all. And then, yeah, we, we went out and it was super cool because we actually had two followers that reached out to us, found out we were in Norway and they were like, do you guys have plans? And at this point we were like, Mm. everything we're up for anything like whatever you got and then they come in and they're like do you guys want to hike this and we we're like how do we hike that like and they're like we'll give you snowshoes they have these two beautiful white dogs they're like you guys can use them Sick. in the film they're beautiful like i, I remember mean, seeing that yeah Leica and luna beautiful dogs Great and name. I, Great yeah name. and yeah. I, just like these like and it's like this guy comes up he's just like this Norway his name is paul he's just like this norwegian man he's like the coolest guy i've ever met he's he like literally like kite surfs up the whole thing like up the mountain with the like with the wind and then he's like yo i'll meet you guys back down there pulls out a snowboard a foldable snowboard Sick, snowboards his way back down and i'm just like what are where are we like yeah, i was like dude. what is going on and like i'm just like that was when i was at the c70 like dying and this yeah. guy looks all cool and i'm yeah. like i just look like the fucking viking is sailing up the mountain <laughs> yeah, yeah and then yeah and then that was the whole um Sam ends up meeting up with us. We shoot the whole thing. We end up seeing Northern Lights, which was cool. Nice. Um, and then we put on this whole film premiere for Canon, and they loved it. They loved the main film, the behind-the-scenes film. Um, so, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we have more projects with them. Was oh, yeah. that part of the Canon ambassadorship? 
that Sam's a part of? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that was, um, and this is the part where I would say like always align yourself with people that you really care about and people know like how hard you work. And so like I always think about my buddy Sam and I'm always like, you can pick anybody to go on these trips with you. But a lot of times he will pick me because like I care about his projects as if like mm. they're my own too. Mm. And like I'm like literally like, after we go on a trip, like we literally lock ourselves in the same room for like a week or two and mm. we just like grind on the edits and like work together. And I feel like when you do that and you help out your friends, whether it's like paid or for free, like the money is going to come like mm. just like if you're and that's that's the reason I always help him because like his stuff is super inspirational and like I want to make a difference. So I want to help people. And it's like I just focus on that. And then the money comes, projects like that come, like projects of a lifetime. And the whole time I'm there, he's like, we need to sort, see the Northern Lights for Alex. Like he's never seen them oh, before. Sick. Like, I want to take you here. He's like, where are we going next? Like, where do you want to go? And I'm just like, this guy really cares about me and just like wants me to travel the world with him. And I'm just like, that's all the all the projects I did for free or all the projects I just did for fun or all the silly. I mean, you've seen them, like the silly music videos we've mm-hmm. done. like Which are like, they're so silly, funny, but they're dude. so well yeah. done. They're yeah, awesome. I mean, they're, <laughs> there's, there's budgets behind them and all that too. <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah, they're, it's, it's just like a wild ride when you're just getting to do all that stuff with your best friends. It's, it's nice. The latest one you guys dropped was the, was it Naughty Film Boy? Yeah, Naughty Film oh, Boy. That's funny. Because uh, Alex was in Alabama Hills over the 4th of July weekend. There's uh, music playing, of course, and like they drop, and I'm like, damn, like this is a banger. <laughs> Regardless of if it's about cameras or not, like we're all cracking up because we all get the joke because we're all fucking photo video guys. Mm, yeah, yeah. Just like so well done. And then the music videos are like so well produced. It's incredible. It, it's just fun when, like, whenever we're on set, because like it's like, like I just remember like one of my favorite ones was like we, we were shooting. Um, I think it was for the shoots on Nikon or something where we were pretending Nikon was a potato and all this. Just very, yeah, what are your thoughts on Nikon? Yeah, that fits really well. Yeah, Yeah. it was just just being funny. Like, and and I remember like we were shooting a a video, like an actual music video for like a band and like we worked it out where we were like, we'll shoot this for like less money if you let us use your set for Mm. like our music video. So we had like this whole, like, so people think like, oh, like this is like they paid for all this stuff. And yeah. we literally just like walked onto set with like turtlenecks and like cut off turtlenecks and all this stuff. And we're like performing with like on like like Ben Hess's with his red and like he's just like kill, like one of the most amazing DPs. And I'm just like, what is life? Like, That's so I was funny. just like, this is just like a bunch of like hooligans. And now we're like, even when we were in the Canon office, me and Sam were there, we're like, damn, like, how they let us in like, yeah. we're, like we're just we're just like two goofballs at the end of the day and but it's cool because like people really i feel like that's like the authentic part mm. is like you don't just want to be like oh i'm this cool person mm. like half the time we're just dorks and we're just like Hell running yeah. around with cameras having fun and that's why people feel invited and it's awesome yeah. it shines through in the work too it's yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely another one of the pieces that i absolutely love that you've made is the the spec piece that you just made for fun about Derek carr Oh. And then he posted it on his page. Yeah. That's so cool. Like, one, how did you get all that footage? It was from your friend, right? Yeah. Who yeah. shoots for the Raiders? Um, so basically, it was, which is, he wasn't my, like, he wasn't my friend at the time. Like, he, we just followed each other on Instagram and stuff. Okay. And for me, like, I'm a huge Raider fan, mm. but I really liked the story that was happening. And I was like, you know, like, if I have, like, this talent whatsoever to edit, like, I was like, I want to tell this story and use it for something good. So I remember I reached out to, his name's Hoku. Um, I was like, yo, dude, like, I would love to, like, make a piece on car and, like, the Raiders. Um, I know you have, like, footage and stuff. Like, I'm not asking for footage. Like, I was like, I just want to know if, like, 
legal rights. Like, am I going to get in trouble if I <laughs> use this stuff and whatever? And he was like, yo, dude, like here. And then he sent me a Dropbox link with 130 clips, like Crazy. all from like literally like all from the stadium, from days that they were at practice wow. in the park, like all this crazy stuff. And I was like, dude, like you didn't have to do that. Like, and then it made me even want to do it mm-hmm. even more. Cause I was like, dude, this guy put in the time to do that for me. Um, long story short, we're really good friends now. I took him to Mammoth and he met up with us and yeah, it's, it's really cool. But then I basically made that piece for Carr, and like I dove, like I've seen every single YouTube video of it at this point. Like, and I think that that's the, the biggest takeaway is like when he saw it, like when Carr saw it and when Hoku saw it, they were like, where did he get some of this stuff? Like literally the end piece of the video is a sermon that Carr did because he's a man of faith. And he's like literally a sermon at a church that like I downloaded a two hour sermon, watched the entire thing at five in the morning while I was (laughs) editing. And I was just like, wow, this is really good. And I loved this little quote he had. And like, I was like, yo, I'm going to use that in the video. And like, literally they were like, how did he even find that? And I was like, dude, like that's, I feel like that's like the before you even edit, like when you mold the story of what you're trying to say, then all the footage and stuff will supplement it. And then you have something that's really moving. And I made that. And then Hoku was like, dude, this is sick. Car loves it. Like I'm working on a playoff video. Like, do you want to collaborate on it? And then I was like, yo, like I'm in Norway right now. Like I don't have the video, but like I have like the projects and stuff. Like I was like, I can send you this exported like without like the sound or like without the music I added. And then he was like, all right, like I'll splice it all together. And then he like literally gave me full credit. I I woke up, it was the first day we were quarantined in Norway. I remember I like woke up and like rolled over and I looked at my phone and I had like, it was like plus a hundred followers, like the max Mm. thing. And I was like, what the heck? And then I looked and it's like, Derek Carr tagged you. And then I was oh, like, oh, sick. whoa. And like, yeah. So, and I'm, I'm probably going to meet him this season and all that with Hoku. And he's That's like one of my awesome. biggest, like sick, it was like dude. Kobe and him were like my biggest inspiration. So it's he's, amazing. He's on my fantasy team. So give yeah. him <laughs> don't, don't injure him when you meet him. <laughs> yeah. He's going to go out this year. He's going to go out this year. Yeah. I think he is. Bro. <laughs> what is your process when you dive into an edit? Cause I can't stress this enough guys. Like if you haven't checked out Alex's work, you're so good at editing, like you're so talented. So what is your process? Like you said, like before you even are like diving into the edit, you're kind of maybe analyzing the footage that you have, picking certain like audio pieces because audio, like you're so good at the sound Mm. design specifically. So like, what is your process when you dive into a new project? Yeah, I first, um, I go through everything, pixel X and I'll like literally like put everything in a timeline Mm -hmm. and then I'll like splice it up and I'll watch like, everything like there's like so many clips that like if you like put in the work and that's what I learned like kind of when I went into like this editing class was like so much of like your work gets done when you're picking selects and when you're scrubbing through the footage because once you get lazy you miss so much stuff Mm. like even in the Norway clip like Norway film like there's shots where like Sam's head's turning and it like turns to another shot and it's like so in sync but like everybody thinks that that was like planned or anything. Mm. And I'm like, no, like I scrubbed through that footage, found these moments, Mm. like just little things like that. So I'll, I'll go through and I'll make like three different layers on top of it. And I'll just be like bangers. Mm. And then I'm like Mm. potential. And then like, eh. and then like, I'll mostly like live in the top two. Then I'll throw, then I don't even start the edit from there. Like I literally have the song and then I'll like work with the voiceover or wherever we're doing. And I'll build that out. Cause I think that that's like what really is going to tell your story. Like, what do you want to say? Like, and if you can figure out what you want to say, then all the footage and all that supplements that, and that just elevates it to another Mm -hmm. level. And then I throw it in there, um, figure out what we want to say, throw in the footage, and then I'll start doing like edits, like cutting it around, adding after effects stuff, and then, um, sound design. 
And then I actually color it after. I know some people like color it all before. I just like throw so much stuff around that I'm just like, I'll color it after and figure it out. But yeah, it's just like, I think that that's the part where you win is when you like put in the work beforehand to like find all the selects and then find those moments of like that people are going to resonate with. And then also, um, yeah, just matching the right stuff, creating movement and flow and all that. Mm. But dude, I couldn't agree more. I feel like people get confused when they think like a good editor is like someone that knows how to like do a lot of effects and shit. It's like the person that can just, you don't get paid to use Premiere. You get paid because you pick the select, you pick the shots that like need to be in it. You know, it's yeah. all taste. That's what an editor is. Right. It's like, and it's really like, I got to work with this really good creative director once and he like watch he like pulled selects like behind my back kind of yeah and he's like why didn't you pull that i'm like it's just like this weird blurry like pan thing and i'm yeah, like I'm, yeah. what do you mean and like started pulling stuff that like he was using and I i'm love all, the of blurry sudden, stuff. all of a sudden i'm <laughs> editing like weird stuff and i'm like this is awesome dude yeah. like the selects is when the whole thing is made so like if you're not making a string out pulling selects do that that's the most important part i feel like there's also like a, a subconscious part to editing like a lot of people mm. don't like focus on as much like i learned in my editing class, which is actually why I got into editing, like there's so many different things that like, for example, like if you ever watch films, like I watch a lot of movies and mm-hmm. films and I, I'll watch movies twice so that I can study them. The mm-hmm. first time I'll enjoy it and the mm-hmm. second time I'll watch it for the editing. Um, like Ford versus Ferrari, one of the yeah. best edited mm-hmm. films, oh, yeah, 1917. Crazy. Like mm-hmm. I'm just like, I've watched oh, them and I I'm just like, yeah, just amazing films to like, and I'm, I'm, I am I'm watch to see like how many shots are cut. Like mm. 1970 has like one of the longest like one shots mm. of the, and like that's so much pre-planning and all that. But I learned in like editing class that like, if you ever watch like a, a movie and there's like a conflict about to happen, there's like diagonal lines in the background that you don't even know because subconsciously it makes you feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. a lot of times when there's a love scene, there's parallel lines that makes you feel oh, at ease. Crazy. And then it makes you come into it a little bit more. And like, even when you're like doing a close-up shot, like a lot of times, like if you're watching a film and you're getting really drawn in, there'll be like a close-up shot. And then right after there'll be a wide shot that makes you reset to give you a breath. Mm. And then it comes back even closer Mm. and then it pulls you in as a viewer. And it's like, I learned all that stuff. And that's where like, I like was really like, oh wow, like I can like manipulate how Mm. somebody feels. And I feel like, Saying it like that sounds really bad. Dance for me, puppets. Yeah. Dance. <laughs> but like, but like, if you if you if you use it for good, if you use it for good, then totally. that's all that matters. So that's where no. that's where all the inspirational that's, stuff. That's comes. so cool, though, dude. No, no, but you're so right because no, I got points, man. I got points. This is so fucking interesting. This is the best thing anyone's ever said on the podcast. Um, no, I think I feel like people like it's funny because when you watch like commercials, like we talk about like you see effects in like videos or whatever, mm-hmm. and you're like, whoa, that's so crazy. And you're like, yeah, but they've been doing that in movies for like years. Like yeah, you can exactly. you can get inspiration for editing stuff as well. And kind of what you're saying, like you would have to shoot it right with like diagonal lines, right? And you have to like, yeah, think yeah, of that yeah. in set. And a lot of people like I think a good entry point into making videos is becoming an editor because so many companies, agencies mm-hmm. need editors, and you're like, I don't want to be an editor, I want to shoot, I want to direct, but like the best way to learn how to shoot good and how to direct is being an editor Mm because you see all the stuff they shot and you'd be like oh that worked oh i wish i had this shot when i'm on set i'm gonna know to get you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like i feel like that's really important i don't think people get it either that like the edit is where the whole story is like told you know and i remember there was a casey neistat video and someone came up to him and they're like oh yeah i just did this film but i just gotta edit it and he goes edit's the whole fucking thing what do you mean you just have to edit (laughs) right that is the whole thing you're going to make the film there he's like yeah, I guess you're kind of right. He goes, dude, that's like the entire thing is like building out the story with the audio. That's what I'm telling people like, mm-hmm. you know, for a minute. It's like that is where you build that whole roadmap for them to follow and you can make it go up 
and slow and yeah. high and down. You know, and that's what like the best people can have pace mm-hmm. in a minute, which is so hard to do to like mm-hmm. get someone to feel something in a minute. It's yeah. like, you know what I mean? Or it's get just, someone to want to sit through yeah. something for yeah. like, totally. Like when we made the documentary, it was like 30 minute film. Yeah. Like, I was like, how am I going to keep their mm-hmm. attention, make them feel happy, sad mm-hmm. throughout yeah. the whole thing? And it's like, that's when I, I love that part, getting like in the nitty gritty and like mm-hmm. actually like getting your hands dirty with all that stuff. It's like it you get to like make somebody feel something that's insane. Like, I have a question <laughs> about your editing workflow. Do you so say you do five or ten seconds, say you've done five or ten seconds. Will you watch that back again or will you just keep going to like say 20 and then rewatch? Are you a guy that's like constantly rewatching? Or oh, you, I'm, or, I'm rewatching. I'm uh-huh. throwing stuff at like mm. I like I, I need to get cleaner probably with my layers because my stuff kind of gets all over the place because I'm like I'm like thinking about it as I'm going mm. and like sometimes if I haven't if I didn't shoot it like it's a little different like mm. I don't know what I have like mm. I have to watch it even harder but like it's like I I feel like so many of the times like you're like moving stuff around and then stuff falls into place and I always get to the point where I'm always trying to like elevate it even more and I get to the point where I always remember when I was doing the whole thing like making weekly videos that weren't like for just for fun and all that and I remember like it was three in the morning my dad came downstairs and he was like, what are you doing? And I was like struggling on this video. Mm-hmm. And I, cause I was trying to do something super crazy with After Effects and all this stuff. And he was like, why are you doing that? It's like for fun. And I was like, I have to, cause like this is gonna like help me later on. And I always remember when I get to a point in a video where I feel like overwhelmed, mm-hmm. I'm like, all I have to do is sit here for two more hours and I'm gonna freaking figure it out. Mm-hmm. Like I just have to invest the time and it'll work out. It'll be like the coolest thing. And like that's where I've made some of my best edits is just like, staying committed to it and then working on it and then moving stuff around and figuring out what works and then you're like oh wow like that that looks nice dude that's so true i I always tell people it's like when people are like i don't know where to go from here i'm like you have intersections when you edit right it's like a fork in the road Mm -hmm. and i always like just duplicate the sequence i'll get to like 10 seconds and then i'll like i could go there or i could go there and then i duplicate it and then like take one path and sometimes i'm like nah it sucks and then i gotta go the other way you know Mm -hmm. what i mean it's like trying to figure out how to get to the the top of the mountain without Mm -hmm. a path but like yeah making the the sequences and like having intersections important and also don't be afraid to make a mistake yeah. Totally. Edit. Yeah. that's what yeah. i'm saying sometimes yeah. like you said if you're messy you might drag a clip to like mm-hmm. a different part like, like hey, i'll get there later and then works. you watch you're like oh wait that, that kind of makes sense yeah. 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 yeah 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 so just try shit happy yeah. accidents big time yeah there it is. yeah and i feel like don't be afraid to be like creative with it mm-hmm. like i feel like a lot of times like the the main thing that holds people back is like the technical side they're like i want to do this but i don't know how to and at some point in your career, it's going to come to where like you understand the technical side and then you let your imagination fly and you can just like work and do whatever you want. Like I had this one video in the Dominican Republic. I went out there, like I was kind of like doing the main edit for like the whole thing. And then it was like, I really wanted something that was just super cool. And I was like, okay, like I had this like clip on a boat and I was like, I need to get from the boat to the jungle. And like, I was like, how am I going to do that? And I was like, I showed my brother and he was like, oh, like, what do you think? And I was like, I want to do like a Polaroid transition. Like I want it to like freeze into a Polaroid and then I want that Polaroid to zip out and I have all these photos from the trip that I haven't used. I want to integrate all those really high quality photos to show off what we did. I want it to pull out, show all the photos, dive back into a Polaroid and that Mm. Polaroid is the next video clip that like eases in Mm. so it's super smooth. And then he was like, okay, like do it and then i was like okay and i was like do you have polaroids and he had like a bunch of polaroids i literally ran over to my dining room set up my like i literally got on the chair took a picture of all these polaroids went into photoshop 
took all of those out, then put all the like new photos in. And then I went into After Effects, made a 3D camera, pulled it out, Mm. put it back in. And then I sent it over to them and they were like, what, like, what the fuck? Like, what is this? And I was, they were like, this is like, we didn't even expect this. This is so cool. And I was like, I literally made that in like an hour. That's sick. Gotta go above me on, dude. That's how you get, that's how you get repeat work. Two questions. Was the editing class that you took, was that at USC or was that, that's why it's that from good something shit. else. Yeah. Well, so I would say <laughs> a lot that, of money for that class. <laughs> yeah, I would say that that class, that class was at USC, but it wasn't even on premiere or anything. It was on like avid. I don't know if mm-hmm. you guys know what avid yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, but I would say like that helped me with like the subconscious side of editing, not so much like the technical side, mm-hmm. all the technical side that I learned is from YouTube. Mm-hmm. Like I literally like, there's like, I was, I was just joking on the way here when I was on the phone. I was like, I, I owe my whole career to this like little girl on YouTube. I think her name is like Venture Films or something. Okay. Because like I watched all her YouTube. She would do like the Macomo transitions, like all this stuff. And she was just like a little girl that That's was doing crazy. After Effects and stuff. I remember this. I've seen her videos. Like, oh my God. That, like yes. literally I owe my whole career to her. I hope one day I, I get to meet her and shake crazy. her hand because like I'm like, but that's that's also the beauty of it is that like if I learned on YouTube, anybody that's interested in this mm. can yeah. learn if they put in the time. Like there mm. are so many times like people like I knew that were like going out and stuff or like they were going to go do this. And I was like, yo, like I got to I got to watch YouTube videos. Mm. Like, I got to watch YouTube tutorials. Like I got to study this stuff. Like I would wake up in the morning or stay up late at night and just be like taking notes and like trying to figure out how to do certain things so that it, when the opportunity came, I'd be ready to like mm-hmm. be able to execute on it. So did you write those things down? Like those goals that you had, because I feel like so many people are seeing, Oh, I could go to this like party. Or I could go to this bar and they're not really putting in this idea in the back of their head of, Oh, if I do this other thing for a month, I'm going to be drastically better than yeah. I was when I started. So how did you kind of justify that in your mind? Were you always like, no, I'm going to be like one of the greatest filmmakers or like, how did that work for you? You know? For, yeah. For me, I just feel like, like, and don't get me wrong. I love videos and I love storytelling. And mm-hmm. I love that stuff. If I never made another video for the rest of my life, I would be okay with it. Like I, what I want to be known as is a good person. Mm-hmm. And like, that's like what's kept me going because like, I feel like I have like, a service of like being a good person and that's how people see it is through videos and like anytime like I feel like if I do make that decision to like like go out this weekend instead of work on this video like I'm letting down all those people that need to see this like I, I'm letting down those people that like believe in me or that are following me or that you never know when your stuff's gonna resonate with somebody and mm. I'm just like okay like I want to be a good person I want to be known as a good person and I want to keep putting out stuff so that the world can feel that and so that you know, like another soul breathes a little bit easier mm. knowing that you existed. Like the, I think that's, that's awesome. the main thing. It's a powerful yeah. motivator yeah. for sure. Yeah. What's next for you? <laughs> um, well, we have some stuff in the works. We've been traveling a lot. Um, I have a couple projects that are, I'm really excited about personal stuff. Um, yeah, just stuff about community stuff about, I mean, it's all this talk like is really cool. Like looking back and like, it's crazy to think I've only been doing this full time for a year. Wow. Like from with all like the Canon stuff, mm. ViewSonic, like art list. And I'm just like, okay, like this has been like a crazy year, but like I want to build out like my personal brand and keep building that. I think personal branding is so important. Um, and I, because I think it differentiates you because there's so many, there's always gonna be somebody more talented than you. And there's always somebody that can make edits or do something, but like people want to work with people like mm. you guys said. Um, and yeah, we have some fun stuff, hopefully with Canon coming up later this year, um, go on a couple of trips and yeah, just keep traveling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is, there so, is there somewhere you want to go that you haven't been yet? 
Yeah, that's it's Iceland. Mm, it's uh, same. I've it's, never it's, been. Yeah, it's on my list, and uh, I can't say too much, but yeah, we might it might be happening. Hey, so. yeah, pretty, yeah, I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty sure. That's incredible. Okay, we always ask these two final questions. If you could talk to your 18 year old self, what advice would you give 18 year old Alex Romo about this journey that he's about to embark on? I would say keep having faith. Everything's going to work out, even when it doesn't feel like it. Um, keep your head up. Keep being a p- good person. Good people win. Um, and yeah, just put in the work. Like hard work pays off. And if you want to do whatever, it could be video, it could be being an astronaut. I don't know what you want to do. Um, just put in the hard work because that it always pays off and you can do whatever you want in this life if you work hard. Mm. I love it. That's a great place to end. I love it, dude. Well, ladies and gentlemen, what's the second question? What's the second question? No, it was, it was, uh, (laughs) I guess, what do you want to do next? Where do you see yourself going? Like career wise? I'm just making sure it stays true to the thing. (laughs) I I thought there was a question. Wait, I have the last question. Do you have any advice to someone that really wants to travel, like making videos? Mm. I feel like that's a very sought after thing that you Mm -hmm. have figured out. And yet like, even I'll look at people like you doing your, t- I'm like, you gotta be like a bajillionaire to fucking right, travel and right. like make videos and like make a career out of this. Mm. Or like, how do you even, how do you go from like not traveling yeah. and not having a brand back you? Mm-hmm. To like, do you just go on these trips, make videos and then just like leverage it that way? Or like, like what, like the nitty gritty, mm-hmm. what, like how do you do it? I think that like, it's, it's so hard. Cause like it is one of the most sought after questions I feel like. And like, all I did was like, be a good person. Mm. And that led me to like aligning myself with good people. Like, and that led me to going on these crazy jobs. Like, like I went to the Dominican for like, and we stayed in like these mansion villas, waterfall slides, helicopter rides, everything paid for like this insane thing. And like, I always talk about that because like the only reason I was on that trip was because my friend, um, hunter hunter.so if you guys know him super talented um, i've never met him <laughs> he's my friend that's it's internet's crazy place um but basically he asked me to help him out with a wedding because he couldn't shoot this wedding and he couldn't and it was like literally two days before the wedding and he threw me into a group chat and like like said i was going to do this wedding but when i talked to like the bride the budget was like way lower than i expected mm. and i was like damn it like i don't know if i want to do this but like i remember walking home that day and i was like i was like damn like I am available. This bride's probably freaking out. I could help out a friend. It's the right thing to do, no matter how much money it is. Mm. I go out, do that. I do a good job of the wedding. I don't do too many wedding videos, but I, I did a good job. And then literally that next week, Hunter can't go on a trip. And he's like, yo, dude, like you helped me out. Like, uh, do you want to take my spot in the Dominican Republic? And I, and then it ended up that like that project was like uh, three of my best friends were on it. Crazy. And I was like, what the heck? And like, just like being a good person led me to do that. And like, people see that content and I'm just like, they're like, how'd you land that? How'd you do that? And like, I'm just like, I just, I don't know. I just did the right thing. Yeah. Like you would get an opportunity every single day, do the right thing, do the right thing. And maybe you'll end up in Norway. Maybe you'll end up uh, on Mount Whitney peak. I don't know. It's just like align yourself with good people and put that energy out there. And then that stuff comes back. And yeah, I love it. Dude. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, you can find Alex on at Alex Romo on all platforms. I think on TikTok it's Alex Romo Travels, but everything else. Alex Romo Travels on TikTok. (laughs) Go follow him. Go shout him out on Instagram. Take a screenshot. Lob it up on your story. Tag the boys. Tag at Alex Romo, and we'll see you guys all next week. Peace. Bye. Bye.